Welcome, welcome, welcome to another great episode of Still Positive with your host, Dana Marie. I want to first of all say that I've been really excited about the progress of this show. I love that people are tuning in. I love that people are into listening to other people's journeys. And it's really helped me in my outside podcast world life where I do have chronic lymphoma and I've been off treatment for a few uh, weeks now. We're trying to get like a baseline and see where I'm at without treatment for a little bit and then decide what to do from there. Sort of like this in-between middle zone. Woo! I love it. Middle zone of anxiety. Yep. So just doing that. And in this middle zone of anxiety, I have been experiencing symptoms. And each time I do, I'm like, you know what? I should have wrote that down. And then I'm like, I will. I will write that down. And then uh, guess what, folks? I don't. (laughs) I don't do it. And then I don't know what the symptom was (laughs) two weeks later. So I was like, you know what? I got to do better with this. After I talked to Dina with Enclosing Spondylitis a few episodes ago, I was like, yo, I got to do this. So I was looking around the internet, found this awesome app for people with chronic illness, right? fantastic. It's called Chronic Insights. And that app has changed my symptom tracking world. So I started using Chronic Insights. And then I was like, you know what, this is a great app. And then I looked into who made it. And I was like, yo, come on this show. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, okay, cool. His name is James. (laughs) And James decided to jump on Still Positive and talk to my crazy ass. So I hope that you enjoy this episode of James creating chronic insights and living with and closing spondylitis. Let's be real. People love to gloss over chronic conditions or disabilities with a fleeting comment like, just be positive, or a fleeting insult like, kale will cure you. This is a podcast for when you face a different reality, knowing that positivity isn't a magic wand that's going to cure everything, but a flashlight in the dark that we may or may not have batteries to. Living with a chronic illness or disability makes you feel different, and your difference could be noticeable to others or not, but either can sometimes make you feel invisible. I'm here to tell you that your experience is valid and shared by others in the dark. Positivity is not the missing puzzle piece that's going to solve your life's puzzle, but it can be a beautiful tool that can help you grow, and sharing those experiences can make us grow together. Me too. Always, you know, it's always fun to talk about chronic illness and, and things like that to, to, you know, other people who have um, chronic illnesses and, and things. So yeah, I'm just excited to, to chat with you. Yeah, me too. I'm really appreciative for you wanting to jump on. And I agree. It is sort of interesting to talk to people about chronic illnesses that have it or people that take care of others that have chronic illnesses because there's the relation there that you won't find in anyone else. That is, um, it is fun to dive into those things, you know, um, because you don't often get to do it. And if you do, you sort of get a side eye. Like, yeah. Who is it? 
what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's definitely something just um, comforting and relaxing talking to somebody who has been through similar experiences or, um, or yeah, like you say, care for somebody who's going through something similar. Um, just feeling like that you don't have to explain maybe the whole story, which can be very ex exhausting sometimes, you know, when um, you're meeting somebody new and you've got to quickly explain for some reason, you know, why you can't do something or um, why something might be difficult for you to do. And it's, oh, it's because I have this health condition and this is what it's called and this is what it's about. And, oh, I've got to go through this whole thing <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to, to go through it with somebody who's completely new and who maybe you don't know if that person really wants to know or will how they'll handle it or whether you're, you know, whether that's the right time to, to bring that up with that person. I just, you know, sometimes you don't know. Yeah. I guess there is really, I've gotten that too. I don't feel like it's the right time. Like I barely know this person. Do they really want to hear that? Like my whole background of chronic illness, like, I don't know, but it is, it is um, an intimate detail that you don't even really have to share, but I love being open about it. And I think that that was something that really drew me to your profile was that you were open about it and you were really um, out there and talking about it to people on social media who, you know, you may or may not know at all. So I think that that openness is something that really inspires me to be more open, like right out of the gate with people like, Hey, I've been going through this. I mean, maybe not right out of the gate, but, <laughs> but you know, you know, if I'm in like in conversation, like we were saying, but yeah. yeah. So when you say on your profile that you're a veteran of AS, like how much of a veteran <laughs> are we talking like world war one, world war two. So it started when I was 17. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm nearly 40 now. I've got my 40th birthday this year, which is kind of yes. like, I can hardly believe, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, quite, quite a long time. Yeah. Um, so it started, uh, it started with my knee actually swelled up. Um, and I, I know, I know that you, uh, had a, just recently had a guest on Dina who also had ankylosing spondylitis yeah um, I was just listening to that earlier um, and she you know she was great at explaining um, a bit about it but maybe just for other people who are listening who, who don't know what AS is it's a form of autoimmune condition where the the body is attacking mainly joints um, sort of cells around your joint linings and it affects mainly the spine and the hips uh, that's why it's called axial because it's the axial skeleton, as opposed to the peripheral skeleton, which is your hands, your wrists, your arms, your legs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it mainly um, affects the spine and, and the hips. But for some reason, when it first starts, a lot of people that, that I've talked to who have AS, it starts in just a random joint, often a knee or an elbow. Mm. And so for me, it started, um, in one of my knees and it just it it started swelling up I, but luckily my dad knew what it was because he he was a doctor he he was actually um an eye surgeon uh, but he'd previously been um you know a, a gp and generally knows a lot about stuff 
wow. <laughs> to do with the body. Um, and so as soon as he saw that, he knew that I should probably see a rheumatologist and get it checked out. Mm. And so, so I did, and I actually got diagnosed quite quickly with ankylosing spondylitis or, or AS. Most people shorten it to because it's not a great, it's not the best of names, is it? Ankylosing spondylitis. Yeah, it is a mouthful, definitely. <laughs> yeah, people usually say that James he has anky something or other. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it started off with that but it actually then sort of went away again with anti-inflammatory drugs um it sort of it sort of con controlled it quite well um for quite a while and um it very slowly and gradually uh started affecting my lower back um and my hips and this was when i was sort of going to university at the time um and it was the the strange thing about it was that it happened so slowly and slow, so gradually over time, the symptoms just gradually got worse and worse, uh, that I almost didn't notice that it was happening. Mm. Um, I didn't really notice how much it was affecting me because it became something that I just sort of ignored um, or powered through. Um, I just sort of buried my head in the sand. It sort of pretended, you know, it wasn't really happening. It was something that, and at the time it was something that I could kind of, because it, it started off quite mild, I could kind of put it to one side mm -hmm. and just sort of get on with this life that I had in front of me. Right. Um, but there came a point where I, and yeah, it just, it's all of a sudden I realized I was, I was really, really struggling with this condition, with the amount of pain, with the amount of fatigue that slowly built up. Mm. I and I had one day I just I, I almost had a bit of a breakdown. I sort of I got really angry. I was just so frustrated with this sort of nagging pain and ache that was happening all the time. And I didn't quite know how what to do about it or how, how to handle it that, uh, you know, I ended up, I was, had this day where I slammed a door and I, and I broke a chair and, you know, I've, and that's really unlike me, you know, I, I'm, I, and I thought this, yeah, there's something definitely not, there's not something not right about my situation here. Right. I definitely need help. Um, and that was the first time that I almost sort of admitted that I had a chronic illness it wasn't just something that was that was there and it was something that was still there and yeah I I just I started to really despair because it almost felt like um I mean one thing was actually saying out loud the fact that I'm in a lot of pain mm -hmm. um I'd never actually done before and it was quite a scary thing to do for me at the time. Um, I think because it just, it made it more real yeah. by saying it out loud to somebody. It was with it, if I didn't say it, it was almost like it, I could just pretend it didn't exist. Right, and just um, fight through the pain, you know, it's fine, I can do it. And then you get to the point where you're slamming things or, I mean, yeah, it's a hard, yeah. it's hard to accept it within yourself. And maybe that time that you told people wasn't even the time that you really accepted it. 
you know, it's, it's such a process of really coming to terms like this is going to be longer than I ever expected it to be, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I did. I mean, so I went to see a counselor um, because I was still at university at the time uh, and the university offered this student welfare service where I could go to talk to somebody. And it was the first time that I had been able to just explain. So it was, it was a, it was a really cathartic experience because I'd never had this, this situation where there was somebody there who was there purely just to listen to me, to, to all the problems and issues and things that I was struggling with, who wasn't a family member who maybe I don't want to, like my mom or my dad, mm. it's difficult to tell mm. your, your parents who love you the fact that you're in pain or that you're struggling or that you you don't know what to do with it all, um, or to a loved one or to friends even. It can be, I've found it sometimes difficult to, to talk to my friends about it. Um, this was somebody who was just completely outside of my experience um, and was there for this one reason, just to listen to it all. Um, and and that was my first, I felt like that was my first opportunity to even explain to myself as I was explaining to the counselor because it was the first time I kind of put these things into words um, was the fact that I'm in pain all the time, um, you know, and I, and I don't know how, I just literally don't know how to fit that with my life. Um, mm. The two things, I don't know how they go together because nobody has, so the doctors have, you know, been great in that they've given, they've diagnosed me, they've given me some, uh, combination of drugs that is helping but outside of the doctor's surgery there's the whole of the rest of my life to deal with and that's I felt like I hadn't been given help with any of that or I felt like there wasn't any guidance or there there was like there wasn't a manual that mm -hmm. I could read that would say right if you have AS this is this is how to live your life this right is how to, you know yeah. this is how to um, have a relationship with somebody this is how to handle socializing with your friends yeah. this, is, this is the kind of jobs that you might be able to do uh, this is how to handle finding employment um, you know all of this stuff it's like I just didn't have any yeah but like I, I just didn't know how to handle that and in, in explaining this to the counselor um, I just I within a few minutes I was in tears and that's when I realized that I yeah I I needed, I needed help from other people. I couldn't just um, power through it anymore. Yeah. Um, and actually that's when I got onto um, biologics, which is a different kind of drug, which is used um, in a lot of different conditions actually, but including ankylosing spondylitis, which is a, an injection that you, that you take. Okay. Um, it comes in pens and this treatment was, available to me sooner but my rheumatologist didn't realize how much pain I was in because mm. even to my rheumatologist because you know I was still 17 18 19 I still hadn't developed an ability to express myself or to be open with people or to or to talk about pain right um, and fatigue and how it made me feel and did you ever have an experience where your doctors, you're saying you, you felt like you didn't advocate for your pain, 
but did you ever have an experience where you were advocating for your pain? Your doctors just didn't really see the severity of it at all, or have they always sort of been on your side with that? Um, I, I think, I think I've been, I've been fortunate. All, all my doctors have been very understanding and supportive. That's great. Um, yeah, I think it's more, it was more my inability to express myself that, that has been the, the biggest hurdle to getting the right treatment or the best treatment that, that, that I could get. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's hard to explain, especially even in the doctor's office. Like you are in there and you know what you feel, but when they're going through and asking you the standardized questions, you know, you're not thinking like, what does this pain feel like? Is it burning? Is it stabbing? Like all of those different kinds of pain and like is it consistent am I always feeling this it's so hard to really look back and sort of pinpoint those moments in time where you feel that way yeah and especially if um you're changing treatments and drugs as well yeah and the side effects from the drugs you know you just sort of lump them all into like one sort of feeling but pinpointing different side effects from a drug is very difficult for me too. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Side, side effects just make the picture so much more confusing. Um, and yeah, when you, when you mix that with changes in medication and just the fact that, you know, I think almost all, uh, health conditions, uh, uh, constantly uh, have this element of changing you know it's often it's it's almost never the same all, all the time you know I've spent a bit of time really thinking about this um, and really listening I've been learning to really listen to my body um, I've been actually getting into a, a form of mindful movement exercise called somatics mm. um, which it's it's not very well known but uh it's a way of, um, it's kind of like a, a Pilates or a yoga where it's, it's something that you do on a mat, um, but it's, it's all about very slow, gradual movements of the body and mm-hmm. learning to feel what's happening inside you, um, feel what muscles uh, you're having to use to move in a certain way. And, and by doing that, recognizing where there is tension and sort of teaching your brain to sort of release and let go and relax. Mm. And I, since discovering this, I, I've kind of fallen in love with it. And because it, it does sort of reconnect your mind with your body, which is something that, especially if you have pain a lot, it's something that you tend to, that tends to separate is your mind and your body. You Because we spend so much time ignoring pain or try and block it out or think of other things you know distract yourself mm-hmm. you know away from your body and and I found somatics has, has been a great way of reconnecting myself with actually how I feel and actually and also mindfulness has taught me that I can actually focus on my pain and it's it's not as scary as maybe I think it's going to be to do that mm. because in the early days of of realizing that I have chronic pain and that it might always be there. That was a really frightening concept to me. But I, I've learned, I think, through mindfulness and through somatics that 
I can actually live with pain and I can actually direct my attention to it and actually be sort of curious and open-minded about it and, and really think, you know, is it always the same or and where exactly is the pain right now? And when I do that, I realize that at least in AS, it, it's constantly changing. Mm. Even, even something that I think is a constant ache, when you really think about it and I really focus on it, actually even that can, it can sort of, it can shift subtly and change. And it's, and it can actually be interesting to focus in on it and experience what it's really like. So when you're doing somatics, is that your main form of exercise? I've read that exercise can sometimes help some sort of pain symptoms from AS. Yeah. And that's actually one of the ways that you can actually um, diagnose AS is the fact that it gets better when you do exercise. Interesting. Because um, often, you know, like, like with me, it started with lower back pain. And so if somebody goes to the GP saying, I've got lower back pain, it's often misdiagnosed as, you know, um, lower back pain through overexertion and just, you know, traditional sort of back problems. Right. Uh, whereas AS is, it, it sort of manifests itself in the same way, but it, um, it actually gets better if you, if you can do some sort of movement, um, so, so, sort of stretching, I, I use a, a reclining exercise bike. That's probably my favorite form of exercise because mm. uh, cycling I find is good for my hips Yeah. Um, because that's one of the biggest areas that is affected. Um, but uh, but I, I find a traditional bike is difficult to sit on, um, especially with my neck because my neck is affected quite a lot. Mm. Is it is it a full bike and then there's a reclining chair to it? Yeah, so it's just like a, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's an exercise bike, but it, it's like a proper seat. So nice. you can sit, sit back in it like a chair. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, it's probably, it's probably my favorite thing to, to do because even if, even if my back is quite sore, um, I can still, I can still do uh, a, a bit of pedaling on the reclining exercise bike. And often I've got it set to, the lowest setting you know so it's literally just being able to have that movement um but uh uh yeah there's probably that and you know i do like uh stretching uh, yoga and pilates and things like that as well nice um, yeah so yin yoga seems the most similar to somatics from what you're saying yin yoga you just stay in one spot yeah. and breathe for like five minutes <laughs> it's amazing you just feel all of your muscles like let go <laughs> yeah no it's great i i do love yoga yoga as well um she always makes me feel better um and it's definitely it's a, definitely in my toolkit of things nice. things to try nice I'm into anything electric blanket. I always want one in the winter. <laughs> I hope to get one soon because it's just such a comforting feeling. You know, you're like in this egg and just like warming up. That's oh, I've got all, yeah, I've got all of the uh, things like that. The, uh, like the wheat bags mm -hmm. um, that you can put in the microwave. Um, they're, I, they're sometimes really nice over the top of the shoulders. And the sort of the weight to them, I think, helps a bit. Um, yes. And yeah, and I and I often sort of dream about living in a, a warmer country as well. I've often thought about moving to Spain. 
Mm. Somewhere like that, um, because here in the northeast of England, it's um, it can be a little chilly, a little damp, quite quite a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, on holiday, if it's if it's warmer, um, I'm I'm usually feeling better. But you know, maybe that's because I'm on holiday and I'm relaxed and I'm having fun. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So you know, it that does make me think. It, how much of the psychological side? Of things affects my symptoms my pain and I and I I really think it it does yeah you know uh it's something that I struggled a lot with at work was stress and anxiety about being able to keep up with my job you know what do I do if I have a random bad day a flare-up mm-hmm. um, and have to just stay at home and in, in bed uh and worrying about um, you know, the people who haven't to fill in for me and do my work for me, you know, it's brings up guilt and anxiety and, and that definitely had an, a big effect on me. The, yeah, stress, the, the link between stress and the physical symptoms is, is definitely real. And it's something that before I had never, I probably wouldn't have ever really believed. Um, but as the years have gone by and I, I think one of the biggest things that has meant that I'm in a much happier place today than probably I've I've been for a long time is the fact that um, I've managed to, I'm managing my stress and my anxiety uh, better. Um, And I think that's actually helping my my symptoms because, you know, reading about it, reading about how stress works and stress hormones, um, you know, these are all, it's all chemicals in, in your bloodstream and it interacts with your immune system. And my condition is an, an autoimmune condition. And so it makes sense yeah. that stress would actually trigger flare-ups. Exactly. Um, and what did you used to do for work that you were feeling this sort of way? I was a, an IT consultant. So I, um, I would go to uh, businesses and understand what their business was and what what it was that they they did uh, what IT they had in place um, if any uh, and what the company that I worked for what what we could um, do to help that business and if I had a, a flare-up um, and it was one of the days where I was going into a new business to, to meet them and you know I was sort of the the customer facing part of the business I was the person who was really um, there to to initiate the engagement with a customer so if it was that first day that first meeting and then I have a flare-up and it was it was just one of the worst experiences every time was having to phone somebody up or, or write them an email to say to explain that I can't I'm not going to make it in today because I'm just having a bad day. And especially if it was somebody who was who was new, who didn't know me and and didn't know that that I had a, a health condition and maybe didn't know what ankylosing spondylitis was, to then have to explain all of that when I'm lying in bed feeling sad and feeling frustrated. Um and I'm f- wondering whether the person on the end of the phone actually believed me you know there was always this there was always this nagging doubt in the back of my mind that was always questioning whether 
Yeah, but do people actually believe what I'm saying about how tired I really am and how much pain I'm in? Because I was very aware that it, I looked kind of fine. You right. know, to, to look at me, you wouldn't really know that anything was wrong. And that really, that sort of really played on my mind in, in a very negative way a lot. Uh, but it's interesting yeah. too, because I mean, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with looking okay and not feeling okay. And I also think that many people are unaware what a sick person really looks like. Many people are unaware what a dehydrated person looks like. Many people don't understand what it feels like to be in those situations, or they just think that it's totally normal. A lot of people don't realize when you look anorexic or are not eating, like that's dangerous. There's so many people that are going through that, but so many people don't understand what that looks like. You know, they just sort of think that that's a normal look. Like you didn't get much sleep last night. No, you're completely dehydrated. <laughs> So maybe it was that you looked okay to some people, but to other people, you could be like, you can, you need to go lay down. Like you don't look so good right now. Yeah. And I, uh, I actually, when I learned to be more open at work with how I was feeling and, and, you know, obviously there were moments where I had to explain to, to every, you know, everyone who's working around me, what, what I was dealing with. Um, one of the things that sort of surprised me was actually people actually started telling me that, you know, they knew they already knew I was struggling with something. And I and I didn't even realize that. And that was a really that was a really nice moment, actually, in, in a way to to have realized that people did already sort of knew. And it sort of almost gave me confidence and validation that they, they actually did believe me when I was telling telling them these things. And so, yeah, I, and I'm very aware that in a lot of ways, I've been extremely lucky. You know, I know that not everybody works at a company like that. I know that not everybody with AS can't, uh, is just physically able to work. You know, I went through a period where I was, I was physically unable to work. Mm -hmm. And I actually wondered whether I would ever get back to work again. And uh, I feel extremely lucky that I've had, always had support around me and, and people who did understand, but I'm just, I also know that not everybody has that. And, and so my, you know, I, I'm always aware of that. And I, I try to just as, as much as I can. And I think one of the great things about um, podcasts like, like this that you're doing, and what I think is really great about what you're doing is just trying to spread positivity and support um, to, uh, to other people, because I have been in that situation where I've just felt so low and so lost and 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 just desperate for help and frustrated uh, and not knowing what to do. I I know what that feels like and I just I feel like anything that I can do to help other people who are in that situation is the best thing that I I can do. Yeah, I definitely agree. You want to find that connection to other people to not be in the situation that you've found yourself in in the past. And I think that you're doing that. Tell me a little bit about the app that you created. Yes. Yeah, so I, I really struggled with doctor's appointments for a lot of reasons. I would go to my rheumatologist and I'm very aware that I've got 
20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes to explain everything that's happened since I last saw them. And, and that might be quite a long time, might be nine months, might be a year, might be longer. And to summarize everything that's happened, all the good days and all the bad days and all the random flare ups, you know, my knee would randomly flare up that day. And, you know, all of these things, all this history and all this weight on my shoulders. And it felt like I've got this 20 minutes. I've got to really, I've got to make everything out of this 20 minutes of like the elevator pitch of your, it's the elevator pitch of your pain. (laughs) Eight minutes go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I really struggled with that. But on top of that, I also found that with fatigue and brain fog, especially if I, so if I had a bad day, the day that I went to see my rheumatologist, I would struggle even more to just express in words you know, where do I begin? Um, and on, on good days, where I was feeling good and positive, um, you know, because that happened sometimes I'll go to the doctors and I would be feeling really having to be having a good day. And I would often sort of say, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm positive. I'm managing well. I'm coping um, because that's how I feel at that time. Right. And then, you know, but it really, that was kind of, I wasn't really being honest. It was, uh, it was me just enjoying having a good day and enjoying not having to explain again to, to my rheumatologist, the fact that actually my, my life is is difficult. It's hard. It's full of challenges. And a lot of the time I, I really struggle. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I felt like it, it was really difficult to express myself and and one of the things that frustrated me was um, I would be given a questionnaire um, to do bef- like before I actually saw the doctor. And one of the questions was over the last six months on a scale of zero to 10, how's your pain been? And I would just, I would just be like, I don't, I don't know what to put down. Some days it was an eight, some days it was a three. And then on, on average, it's maybe a, a five, but then Occasionally you go up to a 10 and then some days it'd be one. And it, so what do I put down? I, I don't know. What, what do you want? Do you want an average? I don't even know what my average is, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I decided to, I left my job and I started my own company called Chronic Insights to do this. There are lots of symptom diary apps out there that you can get on app stores. And I tried pencil and paper, which sort of, you know, worked, but then I would always be losing it. Yep. That's where I fall. <laughs> or I yeah. have five different papers, but I can't find all of the papers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. And also what I wanted to do was be able to record where on my body the pain was because with, with AS and with a lot of conditions, the pain is constantly changing position and location. And, um, and I want to be able to document that and find out which parts of my body actually were being affected most. Because again, it just I couldn't explain that or even to myself, you know, which areas of my body were, were, were most affected. And, and none of the symptom diary apps really let, I found, let me do that. You know, I found one that had a sort of very basic outline drawing of a, of a person you could sort of mark on an area, but it was kind of, it was very basic. Mm. And I just thought I could do a much 
better version. Um, this is so this is such a valuable thing for so many people to have this way of documenting how you're feeling and being able to take it to your doctor so that you have um, more validation behind your words. I think people believe you. There's something about having a chart to show somebody mm. that makes you more believable or more validated um, and just more confident in in your own self and 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 you know being able to advocate for yourself i think it's much easier if you have some documented information yeah um and so i started work on it and I, i've been working on it a couple of years and it's it's out now it's on you can actually download it and install it it's on android and iphone called chronic insights and it's still very much a work in progress but um what I'm doing at the moment is really working on the 3D aspect of it. So when you install the app and you use it, you've got this 3D model of a person that you can rotate and zoom in and zoom out. And you can actually, with your finger, mark on the body exactly where you're having pain or, or any other symptom. Um, and you can switch to a skeleton as well which I've, I use myself for recording joint pain so I can record which of my joints are being affected most now. Um, mm. And I can sort of color them in different colors to show intent, the intensity, so the varying intensities in different joints. Um, and, and that, you know, as I say, I've been working on it a couple of years. And again, I, I, I'm, I've been very fortunate in being able to have been supported through this couple of years of um, working on it because it's been very slow. I'm obviously having to work around my own condition. You know, right. some days I can work on it, uh, you know, four or five hours and other days I just, I can't work on it at all. And so it's, it's been a very slow process, but it's, there's something there. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm kind of amazed that I've, I've actually produced something and, and put it live. Yeah, it look, it's great. I definitely love using it. And I think that it having the heat map and being able to pinpoint on a skeleton or on the body is really helpful. And I love that you can also share your information with other people that might have the app as well so that they can track your progress. I think that's great for partners or family members that are sort of going through and um, living with you and trying to see where your pain level is at, you know, maybe for your mom and dad that you don't want to explain every day, like, how are you feeling? So I think that that's also something that's really cool about your app and really great that you've created. I mean, what's the next step for your app that you'd love to take? Well, at the moment, so that I've got sort of short-term goals and long-term ones at the moment, I'm, I'm working on improving how you how you can record things on the 3D model. One thing that people have been asking about is being able to record different types of pain. Mm. So as we were sort of discussing earlier, the pain is so difficult to describe because you have so many different words to describe their particular pain, where it's stabbing or throbbing or aching or burning, stinging, um, all of these kinds of different types of pain that there are um, and so I, I was thinking about how you could um, 
how I could improve the app to sort of bring some of that in. And so I've been working on ways to not only can you add color, but also to be add um, a sort of a glowing color. So it will actually sort of pulse and glow to sort of represent kind of aching or throbbing pain. Mm. Um, and then I've got a fire type. So it actually looks like that it's sort of on fire. Um, and there's, what, what was the other one? Oh, it's sort of an electric effect. So it's sort of electricity. You can, it sort of looks like there's electricity going over the body to sort of represent a sort of a, you know, tingling or electrical kind of pain or, or you know, whatever that visual thing says to you. Mm. Um, and I think that would be quite interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to see what people think about that. It's, it's not available yet. I, I'm working on it at the moment. But it, I'm interested to see if that helps people express what it really feels like. Because there's something, I think there's something about this 3D model that is something that you can see. It makes it so much more real. It makes this, these, these pain symptoms something that somebody who hasn't experienced chronic pain can see and, and it can form this real sort of connection with somebody. The fact that they can see maybe a joint that is literally on fire or is literally, you know, has this electricity effect going around it. I think that has an impact on people that words don't have. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's one thing that I'm working on at the moment. It's sort of, I guess if you were to ask me what, you know, long term, what, what I would like to see. Imagine this, okay? <laughs> so you go into your doctor and instead of them saying, hello, Dana, uh, nice to see you. Tell me how you've been and you having to explain everything. What if they, before you've even been into the doctor, they've been able to look on your chronic insights charts and your 3D model and they've actually been able to see what you've been recording over the past month or a couple of months and they can see this 3D model of what you've been recording and it sort of changes the conversation between Dana tell me how you're feeling it becomes Dana I see that you've been struggling more than you have been recently and I can see that it's affecting this part of your body and I can see that you have been recording these other symptoms which seem to be new mm. that sort of makes the whole experience I think much better for the doctor and much better for the for the patient mm -hmm. so what I mean I I took a chart into my rheumatologist I unfortunately I haven't been able to show him the app yet because of COVID I actually have all my appointments since March last year being over the phone but I did but before then I did take in a chart that I printed out that I've been taking and the 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 conversation I had with him was so much different to ones I'd had before because I could see his eyes light up when he saw this chart. See, he, he, I don't think he'd ever had a patient come into his doctor's his his surgery uh, with a chart and actual information about how what the pain had been doing with the ups and downs and how much it had been up and down. And it, I actually remember that he said, "Oh, you know that that was a." big uh, spike there what was that all about and that and that made me remember oh yeah that's when my knee swelled up 
which mm. it very occasionally does. And if it hadn't been for, you know, this chart that we were both looking at and us discussing, I would totally have forgotten about that. Um, but because he had seen that and it, that had triggered me to remember that time when my knee swelled up, he actually gave me some exercises to do if, if, if that had happened again. Um, it was just so much better. It was a better yeah. experience. So, you know, I in the future, I'd, I'd love for doctors to be able to have access to the information that you put into the app. But, you know, that's, that's way in the future. Um, currently, uh, it, it's, just, it's just an app for you. And it's mm. something for you to take in to, to your doctor. Um, yeah, but it's there. Um, I mean, the foundation is there with your sharing of different, uh, with different people. I think that it's, the foundation is there for you to definitely build off of. And I think that that's a great idea for the future of this app and definitely something that will save time and give a better patient doctor relationship, I think. And they are already on their way too. I mean, I go to Memorial Sloan Kettering and they have a lot of, you can, you can send the doctors messages and they'll get back to you and things like that. So that application is already in process where patients and doctors are talking to each other. Yeah. So yeah. I think that this is definitely in the cards for something in the future. And I'm really excited for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear what other people uh, think of it. And if I can ask people who are listening to this, who are interested in trying it, the one, one thing that I would really, uh, that would really help is just feedback you know, tell me for people, I would love for people to try and tell me what's good about it, what's bad about it, um, what's missing. So what you so you know, uh, currently, one of the things on my list is to be able to record medications, mm. so what medications you're on, and when you stopped one and started another one. Um, so you know, something like that. Uh, what's missing? What what's difficult? What's confusing about it? I would love people just to email me. Um, I really need help from other people, and the best way to do that is just to to give me feedback on what they think about the app and and what they think would improve it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll definitely link your email in the show notes and all of that good stuff. And just to wrap up, if you could just tell me for your chronic illness and for the future of enclosing spondylitis, do you find that there is positivity still that you can find throughout your experience with it? Yeah, I mean, in ways, I'm, I'm actually grateful for having enclosing spondylitis, which is you know, it's taken me a long time to get to this perspective, but looking back on, you know, all of the years that I've had it and obviously all of the ups and downs and the hardships and depression and anxiety and frustrations, there's also come a lot of good from it. I think if I didn't have AS, I would probably be still in my IT consultant job because I wouldn't have had to really evaluate my life. I think it's brought me closer to my family uh, and my partner, um, who's been amazingly supportive throughout the whole thing. Uh, I think we're probably closer than we we could ever have been without the AS. 
I guess just discovering a lot about myself as well, how strong I am, how resilient I am. It, this is something that I've been able to find out. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people can go through life without really being tested in ways that a chronic illness can really test your character and your resolve. So I, I think I can be grateful for having had that test of my character and having come through it um, has really made me realize who I am. And to be honest, you know, I still have days where I'm, I'm not positive. You know, I, ha I still have bad days, but I, I've actually learned that there, there can be a good way to approach those days. So there come days where I'm just, I'm so worn down and, and fatigued and I just, I don't have it in me to be positive. I've learned to recognize those days and actually give myself that freedom to just be miserable. And I sort of manage that in a way that I think actually leads to a positive outcome in the end, because I feel like I actually feel better. Just allow myself to feel bad and allow myself to, to really feel that. Mm -hmm. And that allows me to regain my, my, my positive outlook. Absolutely. Um, it's the darkness and the light. Definitely. You can't have light without dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way of putting it. Well, thank you so much. I so much appreciate you coming on and talking to us a little bit more. And I just wanted to thank you again. Oh, well, thank you for um, having me on and thank you for starting your podcast and for doing everything that you've done. You should be really proud of yourself thank for you. everything that you've done. And I, I know that you will have helped a lot of people. So thank you. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. And that was James living with chronic insights. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's a good name. Chronic insights. Like you're chronically checking in on that. You are chronically insightful. Yes. Great name. Love it. Love talking to James. I thought he was real, real helpful in explaining to us a little bit about what it's like for him growing up with enclosing spondylitis and being a veteran. Like, give props. I am so thankful for you. Always thankful for you. I hope you're thankful for yourself. And I hope that this episode helps you. I hope that you start tracking your symptoms like I'm starting to too. Writing down your symptoms is something that's helpful and not a burden. And that's what Chronic Insights is helping me with. So enjoy the rest of your day. If you like this episode and you want to show some love, just give me a like on any of the podcast things that you're listening to this on. Follow us on Instagram at Still Positive Podcast. And if you want to hear more Still Positive, subscribe to this podcast and get the newest episode as soon as it comes out. Thank you again for listening. I love you. Stay sick. Stay doing you and keep it fucking going. <laughs>